Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. We continue to assess the impact of Hurricane Harvey. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at what uh, is going on with the chemical industry as a result of that storm. Back, though, to our top business stories. Look at some news after the closing bell and those closing numbers on Wall Street. Here is Charlie Kelly. And I thank you very much, Carol Masser. It was an update for the Dow, the S&P, and the NASDAQ Composite Index. Fourth day of gain for U.S. stocks. We had the S&P 500 index up 11 to 24.57, a gain there of five-tenths of one percent. The Dow up 27, higher by one-tenth of one percent. NASDAQ up 66, a gain of one percent. The 10-year down 2.30 seconds, yield there 2.14 percent. Gold down 5.80 the ounce, down four-tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate crude down one percent, 45.97 a barrel. And gasoline higher by 6.8%. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan says the bank is confident will the clients will pay as much as $80,000 per user for its research after a European ban on free content goes into effect. In the interview with Bloomberg Radio and Television, Moynihan touched on a number of topics, including the strength of the U.S. economy. When you think about it, we're going to reflect the economy in the United States and around the world. And what are you seeing? You're seeing a little faster growth outside the United States, which is a good thing because it's been lagging and you're seeing that. That's helpful. In the United States, uh, I think as Warren said it earlier, you're seeing a 2% economy. And, you know, we're seeing the good side of that and the bad side of that. Consumer spending strong, uh, stronger this year over last year than it was last year over the year before. And Bank of America shares up today by 1.75%. Again, recapping U.S. equities advanced S&P 500 index up 11, a gain there of five-tenths of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. All right, Charlie, thank you very much. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio. Yeah, a lot of wind, a lot of flooding, certainly as a result of Hurricane Harvey all along the Gulf uh, Coast, particularly uh, in the state of Texas and then, of course, uh, carrying over into Louisiana. We continue to assess the damage, the cost, and that includes the impact on the chemical industry. Hurricane Harvey shut about 53% of U.S. ethylene capacity. This is according to PetroChemWire, ethylene used in agriculture. Kevin McCarthy is a partner at Vertical Research Partners based in Stanford, Connecticut. That's where we find him on the phone this afternoon. Kevin, uh, the impact initially on the chemical industry, how much was shut down? Well, the figure uh, you quoted, Carol, of 53 percent was uh, was accurate uh, not too long ago, and it continues to creep higher. We think we're close to 60 percent of ethylene capacity offline now. The reason I mention ethylene is it's the most common building block petrochemical that Wall Street follows. It, it's contained in four of the top five plastics that we all use, as well as a wide variety of other chemicals, and there's tremendous concentration on the 
supply side of the equation in the state of Texas, which accounts for about 70% of U.S. ethylene capacity. So, you know, this is uh, really an unprecedented event. I've been following chemical stocks on Wall Street since 1999, Mm -hmm. including many hurricanes, Katrina, Rita, Ike, and others. This is uh, really by far uh, the most disruptive event that I've seen to the industry. Well, you know, it's interesting, too. I guess we're all, all trying to assess, you know, how quickly things can come back. When you look at the damage and the impact, what are you hearing from some of the the major players, whether it's a Dow Chemical, whether it's a Huntsman, about when they can kind of come back online, if you will? Yeah, it's a good question, Carol. They're in the assessment stage just today, starting to get into some of the plants uh, toward the western portion of the hurricane's uh, path in the Corpus Christi area and so forth. And, uh, you know, typically with, with a hurricane, you get in there, you have checklists, are the utilities functioning, are the assets uh, structurally compromised in any way, do I have feedstock availability, are my customers going to be online, and so forth. All of those issues are in play here as companies try to figure out the right path forward. In addition to that, though, I think we're going to have tremendous headaches related to logistics. Uh, to what extent are rail lines uh, washed out or, or the bridges, uh, you know, still available? What about the ports and so forth? So I think we're going to be looking at disruption uh, measured in weeks and possibly months in some cases. So what are the industries beyond the major chemical companies that we should be looking that might be affected, their supply chain specifically affected? because of this? It's a good question. I think uh, nearly all of the chemical companies in in my coverage will have uh, some form of of issue. Uh, The largest distributor of chemicals issued a pre-release late yesterday, citing uh, incremental earnings pressure. so I, I, you know, I, I think very few chemical companies will be spared. The way we're framing it for clients, Carol, is you're going to have volume pain in the third quarter, followed by pricing uplift, particularly among commodity chemicals uh, between now and the end of the year. And just today, we're starting to see price increases uh, for the first time. I think there will be more to come. Uh, on the flip side of things, presumably you'll get some demand uplift in some of the end-use markets, uh, such as autos and uh, building and construction, both of which uh, are large consumers of chemicals. So uh, perhaps a, a light at the end of the tunnel volumetrically uh, in the fourth quarter, followed by the first quarter of next year. Hey, we're talking with Kevin McCarthy, partner at Vertical Research Partners, based in uh, Stanford, Connecticut, looking at the chemical market. And forgive me, because I talked about ethylene coming in, but you're as you mentioned, you're really more concerned with polyethylene, correct? Well, we follow both markets. They're both very important uh, to mm-hmm. us. Uh, polyethylene is the most common plastic in the right. world, and it has about 100% ethylene content. But really, there are dozens and dozens of important chemical markets. Another uh, appropriate example uh, would be uh, chlorine and caustic soda, which are co-products of each other. Prices for caustic soda, Carol, were on the rise before the hurricane. Uh, very tight supply-demand uh, conditions with very little new supply on the horizon. Oxy just came out today uh, with a new price increase proposal of $80 per ton. So this mm. is a market that already had momentum, and now you have double-digit percentage supply coming out of the U.S. equation uh, with an indeterminate duration. So you can imagine that purchasing managers uh, not only in the U.S., but in some cases international markets will be scrambling to procure supply.
I just saw ethylene closures in, uh, rose to 61% of U.S. capacity. Petrochem Wire uh, giving an update. update. Uh, just c- quickly, Kevin, though, you know, we've had a story that's saying Harvey C. nicking the U.S. economy before rebuilding lifts growth. Might we see that, too, in the chemical industry? Initially a hit, but as people start to rebuild, we'll see uh, increased demand. And just got about 15 seconds, please. Yes, I think that's exactly right. Uh, chemicals are used in a, a very wide variety of industries. Uh, just about anything that's manufactured typically contains some form of chemicals. So I think for 3Q specifically, we're looking a little softer. Six to 12 months beyond that, uh, we should gain it back, Carol. All right, going to leave it there. Great to check in with you, Kevin. Thank you. Kevin McCarthy, partner at Vertical Research Partners, uh, on the phone in Stamford, Connecticut, assessing really the impact of Hurricane Harvey, specifically on the chemist, uh, chemical industry. You're listening to Bloomberg. Once again, a check on your latest world and national news headlines. We've got Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Nate. Carol, the worst is not over. That from Texas Governor Greg Abbott as Tropical Storm Harvey continues to drench his state and Louisiana. While things are still serious and there's a long way to go, uh, we uh, we nevertheless have uh, fared much better uh, than we had feared might be the case. Uh, but our neighbors uh, are still taking it on the chin. That's Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards. Texas is deploying another 10,000 National Guard troops for search and rescue. The state estimates up to 50,000 homes may be damaged. President Trump says his heart is with those affected as he stumps for tax reform in Missouri. Lower taxes on American business means higher wages for American workers, and it means more products made right here in the USA. But with Harvey still on everyone's mind, Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons reports Congress could move on permanent disaster tax relief. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle want to reintroduce the National Disaster Tax Relief Act, which would address some common issues. Like increasing the tax deduction for any charitable donations for disaster relief, allowing the deduction of any losses, waivers relating to, to mortgage bonds, increasing the rehabilitation tax credit. Bloomberg BNA's Colleen Murphy says there have been inconsistencies in the past with tax relief. Congress did not offer any tax relief provisions after Hurricane Sandy, but they did after Hurricane Katrina. The hope is by making relief provisions permanent, you'd solve some of those problems. Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. And uh, the Yankees lose to the Indians 2-1. to one. Game 2 at Yankee Stadium begins shortly. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.